Hey guys, it's me, Deej, from the Nerd Nerdtocalypse Podcast, and I'm just here to hit you with some information before the feature presentation. So here it goes. You can find news, updates, and previous episodes at nerdtocalypsepodcast.com. We'd also like to invite you to check us out on social media, facebook.com slash nerdtocalypse, or connect with us on Twitter using hashtag nerdtocalypse or at nerdtocalypse. If you'd like to contribute further, we encourage you to indulge in one of our many perks and become a patron at patreon.com slash nerdtocalypse. Nerdtocalypse Podcast is a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network. Now go, enjoy the new episode. I hear it's a good one. Is the Nerd Talkalypse Podcast, your one-stop shop for everything nerd. We provide the latest and greatest from trending pop culture and fandoms alike. So take a break from killing zombies with your lightsaber, hang up your cape and cowl, and hop onto the Hogwarts Express and ride your way over to Geek Down to fight our gym leaders and hosts of the show, Lane Stipe and Deej Penhollow. Hey guys, it's Aaron. Hey, I'm just going to make this short and sweet because my camera won't let me do anything else. Um, the Nerd Talkalypse podcast, I absolutely love it. I've, I've loved it since day one, since I found out about it when I was at the Star Wars release. Uh, I've, I've enjoyed the hell out of being on it, talking about Star Wars and all sorts of other stuff, and just, you know, being myself. And I, I think that's what we all really enjoy about it, is that it just allows us to be ourselves. And I mean, there's there's nothing more, there's nothing greater than that. That we can all come together for one thing that just, you know, we, we all love. So, Deej Lane, I look forward to seeing more stuff from you guys. Good luck and Godspeed. Yo, happy birthday, Nerd Talk Lips. Can't believe it's been a year for you guys already. That's crazy. I remember when Deej originally messaged me about it and asked if I'd be interested interested in helping or coming on to the show once in a while. And it is, it's, I can't believe it's been this long. And it's just so much fun. It's so cool. I loved being a part of it. I loved being on there for Civil War. Just nerding out for a solid, like, I think my podcast lasted for like three or four hours when I was on it. And it, Nerd Talk Lips isn't just superhero movies. Shout out to Katniss Everdeen. Uh, it's, it's everything from The Walking Dead to Harry Potter to superheroes to anime to video games to everything. Shout out to Natsu and Gajio. Uh, it's just, it's so much fun nerding out with bros. Uh, I've known, I've known uh, Deej for years. He's the one host. And then Lane, I just met the, this past year, but both super cool dudes. I couldn't, I couldn't say enough nice things about both of them. I loved being on there. We had a thing over the New Year's with Super Fights, which I won, by the way. This is my trophy sitting around. I have it on my desk. I keep it every, I, I keep it all the time. I love it. Uh, I, it, it just, Doing something like that, where it's just a bunch of guys just hanging out, chilling, eating, drinking, and just straight up nerding out. I love it. I couldn't get enough of it. I look forward to another year of you guys with many more years to come, because I know you guys will keep going strong and just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. 
I'm always more than willing to come on the show when you guys will have me. I just, I love it. I love you guys. Good luck. I know you guys got it. Peace out. Elaine Deej, I just want to say thanks for having me on there for that Harry Potter fantastic piece and where to find them. It was a great joy and an awesome thing, and I hope to do it again soon. Happy birthday, Nerdtocalypse. Happy birthday. Hey, I'm David C. Robertson. This is Jason Goss. Hello. We are the hosts of DC On Screen, the show that talks the DC Universe properties on film and television. But importantly, we're here to wish Deej and Lane a very happy one-year anniversary with their very fun, very hip show, Nerdtocalypse. The kids still say hip, right? Nope. All right. Well, guys, one year is a huge deal. Yep. <laughs> most <laughs> most podcasts don't even make it 10 weeks, much less 52. Yeah, yeah. And we, we know our way around 52. It can be tough. It can be. Uh, so you guys deserve every success you enjoy from the show. I can honestly say I've seen you both grow by leaps and bounds as podcasters over this year. Deej started last year asking me for opinions and advice. Now I'm looking at some of their marketing strategies and content and going, that's dope shit, man. See, Never would have thought of that. communities are formed. It takes a village. <laughs> so yeah, my hat's off to you two. And I don't take my hat off often. I'm getting thin. It's That's the, kind of the first time I've been able to say that. I'm getting thin since like the early aughts. But you're very tall, so no one has really caught on yet. <laughs> oh, plenty of people have caught yeah. on. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Guys, happy birthday. Uh, happy birthday. Happy birthday. You, oh, you, you can have people send you, sing you that song now. It's not copyrighted anymore. So feel free to sing. I'm not singing. Oh. Okay, well, I tried. All right, see you guys. Greetings. This is Darth Vader, Lord of the Sith and Commander of the Galactic Empire. It was during my meditation that I sensed a great disturbance in the Force. It was then I realized it was your birthday. Most impressive, your age has increased your control of your emotions. This will give you a clearer path to the dark side. But before that, let me deliver you this specialized message, compliments of the Galactic Empire. <clears throat> Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday from the dark side. Happy birthday to you. Remember, with control of your fear and anger, the dark side will be a powerful ally. Join me as we conquer the galaxy and buy vast amounts of lottery tickets. If you're not of legal age, then we shall use the force to have others buy them for us. Consider it. Until then, have a happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday from Hawk. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday from Hawk. Make sure to eat lots of cake, and don't grow too old. Hawk smash! Hello, Nerdthusiasts, and thanks for joining us for this week's edition of Nerd Talkalypse Podcast. My name is Lane. And I'm Deej. And as always, we're geeking out weekly with our listeners about our favorite nerd topics. From Marvel and DC Comics, TV and Film, Star Wars, The Wizarding World of Harry Potter and Beyond, Pokemon, The Walking Dead Universe, Dragon Ball Z, GT Super, and the films alike... 
and most things in between. That's right, guys. And here on our show, we express pride in pop culture nerdism and work hard to bring you trending content from all the fandoms you love. Please reach out to us via email, nerdtalklips at gmail.com, Twitter at nerdtalklips, or simply write up a review on iTunes or facebook.com slash nerdtalklips. We'd love some listener feedback. What's up, nerd enthusiasts, and thanks for joining us for uh, episode 46 of Nerd Talklips. And Lane? Happy birthday to happy us. Happy birthday to us. Today's our one-year birthday. Yes, One-year anniversary, whatever you One year anniversary it. of the... Well, actually, it, it is Wednesday, but it is... We can't record on Wednesday. Wednesdays are special. Wednesday, are Wednesdays, birthday. yeah. Technically the birthday, but... Wednesdays, they better Much stay. like birthdays that land on weekends and shit. You know, you ought to celebrate slightly ahead of time, but that's what we're here for. That's what we're celebrating. And for the first time ever, we are live on YouTube. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So live on YouTube. Hopefully, people are uh, tuning in for this live stream on YouTube. I hope so. I've tweeted it out. I did a whole bunch of stuff. But So for the birthday special, um, we're going to do just our normal show. Yeah, <laughs> our birthday special. That's what got us here in the first place. That's the way I see it. <laughs> We're going to laugh pretty hard here for a second. So I also just realized. <laughs> <laughs> Ready for it? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, what's up, Nerdthusiast? Thanks for joining us for episode 46. Are we doing this over? Uh, yeah, well, I had it muted, so... <laughs> oh. <laughs> We're laughing our asses off at this episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Look out, faggot. That's so funny. <laughs> so, yeah. So, like I was saying, and those of you watching on YouTube couldn't hear me, we're live on YouTube for the first time, and I forgot to unmute the mic. So, like, the people on YouTube were like, whoever, if somebody was even watching us. Yeah, I have no idea. The people that will watch us at the end are going to be like, they're just <laughs> doing nothing. They're like, we're making them, their mouths are moving, but no words is coming out. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't, I didn't know what to do. But oh, baby, baby. I figured it out. But so this is episode 46. We're going to do a normal show for our birthday, as we said. Yeah, Wednesday is our official. Wednesday is the official one year of the pilot. We are one year old podcast. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So for those watching live, you're just going to get the normal live feed, the video. And um, for those who are going to be listening, there's going to be a bunch of little surprises into the show. There you know, some messages from all the guests that we've had on the show and all this stuff. Um and it's going to be a good time. I got a hold of a lot of people. Um, all, a couple of them came back. And uh, I appreciate every single one of you guys that did this. I don't know, Lane, what do you want to say about your experience over the last year podcasting? Nice. <laughs> That's all you have to say? It was fun. I like it. I don't know. I, <laughs> what else is there to say? I mean, I don't know. Are you enjoying it? Could you do this for years? For years? For years. Yeah. <laughs> I could do it for years. Years? Sure. Sure. Why not? Regardless of what happens. I guess if you died, I probably wouldn't be able to do it. I mean, I would just... I'll leave you, I'll leave you a, a podcast will. You're going to make me continue in talk The podcaster's will. And I'll leave you explicit instructions on how to continue doing this on your own. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and you can talk for me. i just be you. I'll pretend. Maybe I'll get another host. You're going to replace me? I'm not, you can never be replaced. Until you meet Bleach. Bleach Pendarlo. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Pen All right, so first things first, I want to start off by saying um and tell I wanna tell I wanna tell the whole listener base that we have departed from SoundCloud. 
We are no longer a part of them. We, I mean, technically, yes, we are. We will be there forever, but our episodes will be taken down, and there will leave, there will leave, I believe, up to like six hours of of stuff up there. So, I mean, that technically could be our Star Wars episode and super fights, like, and it'll be it. Yeah. But uh, I mean, I don't know what they'll leave up. I assume the first couple or the last few that were up there. But there's a redirect RSS feed in there, and that will send people to our new host forever hell yeah so <laughs> sounds exciting if you subscribe to us on soundcloud you're gonna have to find another one of the thousands of other podcast players out there except for spotify and you can find us on there and it still is totally free and all that good stuff so definitely go do that i believe you know the the a couple of really great ones that i listened to before i switched over to iphone was uh pocket cast it's it's it costs a little bit of money but it's probably the best one on android um i've heard great things about overcast and i've heard great things about um i know a couple of our listeners use TuneIn radio and i think you can also get it from google play music like the play music store um and i know a couple of people who are on that as well and they, they can receive podcasts and you can do the whole notification jazz and all that stuff too so but uh we're gonna go ahead and move right into the show here and um we're going to go ahead and talk news. Nerd news. It's time for the latest in nerd news with Nerd Talkalikes. Yeah. All right. Shout outs. You go ahead and do that. I already did that. Ah. All right. We don't have any Walking Dead news except for the fact that it, the mid-season uh, premiere yeah. came on. So, hell yeah. That, that's enough news, I think, that you need. Absolutely. Well, we're <laughs> going to be talking about it today. So Fuck yeah, we're going to be talking about it today. Some dope shit happened in that episode. Indeed, you loved it, yeah. <clears throat> All right. The crew of the Justice League movie gave, gives hope for the tone of the upcoming film. This says, the crew of the Justice League movie movie give hope for the tone of the upcoming film. Did I say movie twice? Yeah. I didn't mean to say movie twice. <laughs> I was going to say, it does not say movie the twice. The crew of the Justice League movie give hope for the... The crew give hope? The crew... Gives hope. Gives, yeah, whatever. It just sounds funny to me. It does. You're, it's right. Am I, it I can't even it. edit it because it's a note. It's did a you write that? Link. I did, yes. Oh, okay. I thought it was like a link you took off the internet. No, I wrote that on our on our website, which I've been updating recently, <laughs> and I'll plug it real quick. com. You can literally find... That's another one. You can go there if you are not if you are a SoundCloud person and you want to go somewhere else. Go to nerdtalkalobspodcast.com. You can get the web player right on the on the homepage, and you can get news, um, updates. You know, you can do the whole shebang. Somebody's talking shit on YouTube already. <laughs> Lane Stipe, huh? <laughs> yeah, he called us fags. <laughs> Faggot. Okay. <laughs> Look out, faggot. Man, that's so funny. <laughs> I'm going to take that and just use it as a sound clip all the time. <laughs> Look out, faggot. <laughs> Was there any either one of us hate faggots? No. But we can't speak for Frank Reynolds. Hey. Who's Frank Reynolds? Yeah, he's Frank Reynolds. Frank Reynolds. Yeah, I know what you're saying. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. All right. Are you going to read this news article? or what? <clears throat> Yeah, I'm going to read it. Damon Caro and Brian Hirota had an interview with Heroic Hollywood and talked about the DCEU. 
The assistant director and effects supervisor both worked on Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, and have carried over to Justice League. All they could, although they could not speak freely about the film, Caro, I'm guessing that's how I say the name. It's so hard to say names on podcasts. No, no nobody ever gets it right on any podcast I listen to. Everybody <laughs> fucks up names. Did talk about, uh, Caro did talk about the movie's tone, and it sounds different from anything seen in the universe so far. The interesting, the interesting thing is, on Man of Steel, in Zack Snyder's head, he had the storyline treatment of where they were going to go, and at the beginning of BVS, it was an even richer and deeper. The arc was BVS was the midway point and the darker movie, hence what happens at the end. The whole tone of it was darker. If you play your story at all one level, there are no peaks and valleys, there's no life. I guess that makes sense. Mm-hmm. The great stories, the great tragedies, even life, we have to be knocked down before we can build our way up, Caro said. You don't get as knocked down as death. Yeah, that's true. You can get... All right, so uh, he goes on to say, Justice League was always the rebirth, pun intended, I guess, of hope uh, and the rise, he continued. People try to say that it's a response to the backlash, and I definitely say that the criticisms were heard, but it's not like we were... were, It's not like we threw everything out and started with a blank slate. It's a bit like Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back... Um, it's a dark movie, but then the Return of the Jedi is the rise and the rebuilding of hope. The director also revealed which part he thinks fans will enjoy most. He goes, "I'm excited for people to see all of these characters together. I can't be more spe- more specific than that, unfortunately, but that's it. Finally getting into, or finally getting to see the whole team together. Uh, we were on set for the shots when they first had them all together, and it was incredible. He teased." He's a teaser. He so a I th- I'm pretty sure that this news article that we just read also is this one. Yes. Hmm. This one right here. Don't read this one. Which one? This one? Justice League second unit director compares film to Star Wars. Oh, okay. I, I think we just read that. Okay. I'm going to delete it. All right. Finally, the Batman script is ready. According to Justin Kroll of Variety, who broke the news about Ben Affleck not directing the Batman... He said that a new script for the Batman was turned in this month, assuming the Chris Terrio <laughs> rewrite. <laughs> also, that everyone at Warner Brothers, including President and Chief Content Officer Toby Emmerich, as well as Ben Affleck, are very happy with it. Fuck yeah. That's good. Yes, it's very good. It's extremely great Dude, news. I can't wait, man. To see the first trailer for that, it's going to be amazing. Oh, man. See, as far as I know, that this movie got pushed back, or pushed forward, I guess, to 2019. Jesus. I know. Uh, all this fucking around bullshit. Pushed forward? Pushed forward to 2019. Pushed back. I guess, it w- would that be in the same thing? I think so. Pushed back? Yeah, it was, pushed, yeah, it was pushed back. Like. Pushed forward in time, but back on the schedule. Yeah. I guess. I don't really know. So, in um, the same batman thing now you read something else about this today there was some breaking news mm. in the middle of our day and i already had this news article written but matt reeves director of cloverfield dawn of planet of the apes uh the upcoming war for planet of the apes 2010's let me in and 84 episodes of the tv series felicity has been more than rumored nearly confirmed by warner brothers that he will direct the batman solo film but today they posted an article about Ridley Scott now being uh, one of the top yeah, tenders about this. So, and in that same art- article, it says something about Matt Reeves being involved, but I don't, I don't understand what's going on. So, I, I, and we're not the only ones here. Every I've listened to probably several different news 
things just this week alone that are all saying that Matt Reeves was all but confirmed to do to be doing this. Right. That it's been in talks for a very long Cloverfield. time. And Reeves kind of moved right in and did. I didn't this really care for Cloverfield, but Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, fuck yeah. I mean, yeah, well, Cloverfield for what it is <coughs> is Let is me great. Like, Let Me In was a horror movie or something like that, right? Yes. Yeah, and it came out to, what seven years ago. So yeah, I've never even heard of the TV show Felicity. No, me neither. But whatever. I mean, either way. You know, we talked last week about Batman, or, yeah, Batman, Ben Affleck's uh, leave from the director's chair, but he is still going to be a producer. So, I guess, hell yeah. Is this the one I'm not supposed to read? No, 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 I already deleted that one. Oh, right. A new rumored synopsis for Justice League has surfaced online. The The text comes from an Asian film magazine that includes a number of upcoming movies for the rest of the year. Warner Brothers has been asked to confirm the validity of the synopsis, but has not responded. The synopsis reads, In the wake of Clark Kent slash Superman's death at the hands of Doomsday in BVS, Vigilante Bruce Wayne slash Batman <laughs> reevaluates his extreme methods and begins reaching out to the extraordinary heroes to assemble a team of crime fighters to defend Earth from all kinds of threats, which that seems to be already what we know. Together with Diana Prince slash Wonder Woman, Batman seeks out cybernetically enhanced former colleague football star Vic Stone, a.k.a. Cyborg Fisher, speedster Barry Allen, The Flash, and Atlantean warrior King Arthur Curry, or Aquaman. They face off against Steppenwolf Hines, the Herald and second-in-command to alien warlord Darkseid, who is charged by Darkseid with hunting down the three artifacts hidden on Earth. Right. I mean, it's yeah. very vague. Yeah, but for the most part, we already knew this. So. Right. So something interesting, Lane, that I didn't put in here, but I just remembered as you were reading that. Um, I, I believe they confirmed earlier this week that Cyborg himself is a mother box. He's the third one. I know that he can make uh, boom tubes. Right. And I mean, like everybody believed that you know he was obviously he was he was created cybernetically enhanced. Bo- from the mother box, but we didn't know that he actually is like the mother box became him. Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder is that comic book? That is not. I, I think that's that's completely. New. I'm just coming to learn that. I just I, even if it's not from the comic, it's still cool. Yeah, absolutely. Like things that we saw today. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we aren't necessarily sure. Right, but it's still cool. Before creation itself, there were six singularities. Forged into infinity stones. This is our first day. Here we are in Pinewood in Atlanta, and it's... It's actually pretty unbelievable. Day one of what promises to be a year of fun-filled lensing. I remember actually going to see the first Avengers with one of my best mates from home, and I'd never have dreamed that I'd ever be in one of these movies, let alone playing Spider-Man. I feel like I'm on top of the world, because this is just mind-blowing. What we always try to do at Marvel Studios is we're building the cinematic universe, is look at the big picture, how can things relate across movies and across years. Avengers Infinity War 
is the culmination of the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe as started in May of 2008 with the release of Iron Man 1. And it really is an unprecedented culmination of a series of films interlinked together, which at the time had never been done before. And for us, the important thing is making it all come together. We know they're gonna face Thanos. We've been setting that up since Avengers 1. How do you do that in a way that is unexpected, that pits the Avengers against somebody who is more powerful than anyone they faced, and yet make them completely unprepared to face him? Well, tear them apart, which is why we did Civil War before Infinity War. As we were conceiving and, and executing Civil War, the end of that movie was very much a setup for what these movies would be. We always had the sense of that. Tony is not talking to Steve. The Avengers are basically a name with nobody in it. The world is vulnerable. Tony senses this greater threat approaching, and so he is doing everything in his power to keep the Earth safe. Thanos shows us why he's the biggest, the best, the baddest villain that we've ever had, and the most frightening villain that the Avengers have ever faced. The most exciting part is the incredible roster of well-developed characters, and it's gonna create a really combustible, exciting, massive-scale adventure. You know that we're onto something within the studio when we hit upon an idea or we see a piece of concept art and all of us in the room go, this is cool. And in Avengers Infinity War, the Avengers will meet the Guardians of the Galaxy. Because of what Marvel is, because of what they have done over the last 10 years, these next two Avengers films will be an event like no one has ever seen on film before. The Infinity Stones are confusing. Their names, colors, and sometimes even powers differ between the comics and films. But don't worry, by the end of this video, you'll be Infinity Stone experts. Infinisperts. Stone ex- In the comic books, the Infinity Stones are the remains of an all-powerful being who killed himself because he was alone in the universe. I'm so... Lonely. Each gem is a fraction of that being's power, and when all are brought together in the Infinity Gauntlet, the bearer has complete control over the universe. It's pretty obvious why everyone wants them. To start off, the Mind Stone bestows the user with telepathy, telekinesis, and can enhance the existing mind powers of the user. When used in the gauntlet, it connects the user's mind with all minds in the universe. Think Cerebro, but without the egg-shaped room and helmet. After residing in Loki's staff for a time, it was taken by S.H.I.E.L.D., then by Hydra, then by Ultron, then the Avengers, and Vision. It's currently residing in the middle of Vision's face. Next up, the Space Stone allows for teleportation, speed increase, and the ability to create wormholes between locations. While in the glove, it allows the user to be everywhere at once. After being used by Loki to open a portal so the Chitauri could basically get their asses kicked by the Avengers, the Space Stone known as the Tesseract was returned to Asgard by Thor. The Reality Stone allows the user to do whatever the hell they want in their current location. While used in conjunction with the other stones, the user can change the reality of the entire universe. 
Green is blue, math is fun, and Tupac is still rapping. In Thor The Dark World, the reality stone is known as the Aether. It's pulled from Jane Foster into the dark elf Malekith, who wants to use it to destroy basically everything. He is stopped, though, by Thor and Jane, and the stone is given by the Asgardians to the immortal being the Collector for safekeeping. Five to go. The bearer of the Power Stone has increased strength, endurance, and invulnerability. With its infinite power, it's actually the most sought-after battery in the Marvel Universe. While paired with the other stones, it boosts their effect, which is kind of hard to imagine given what the other stones do. Like an extremely serious game of hot potato, don't think about holding on to this thing, unless you're worthy to, or it'll burn your face off. Literally. There's a little pee coming out of me right now. After being found on planet Morag by Star-Lord, it is taken by Ronan the Accuser who is then killed by the Guardians of the Galaxy, and the stone is given to the Nova Corps for safekeeping. The Time Stone gives its user the ability to time travel, age or de-age people, see the past or future, and it can trap people in time loops. Just wait, wait! I think I'm okay. <sighs> On your feet, maggot! 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 I'm trying to be nice to you, maggot! Now move! While in the gauntlet, it allows its user to exist at all points in time simultaneously. After the events of the Doctor Strange film, the Time Stone is sitting in Kamar Taj, in Kathmandu, Nepal. In the comics, the Soul Stone gives the power to manipulate, steal, or alter living or dead souls. The gem is actually sentient and hungers for souls. When it takes souls, they're kept in a heaven-like pocket universe that exists in the gem itself. When paired with the other gems, it allows for control over all living life in the universe. In the comics, Adam Warlock had the Soul Stone in his forehead, but we can't have two dudes rocking the same look on screen, even though Vision probably dies. Our bet is we'll see its debut in the upcoming Thor Ragnarok, when Thor and Hulk have to go up against Hela, the Asgardian goddess of death. She's strong as hell, can kill someone with a single touch, and resurrect the dead. Good luck, fellas. We don't actually know when the stones will appear next in the movies leading up to the conclusion of the Infinity War saga, but when they do, we'll tell you all about it. For more on your favorite comic books, TV shows, and movies, check out GameSpot Universe. So, over to Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, I have two things here uh, for the live feed. I didn't. I don't actually have the videos, so I can't put them in. Um, but there's a pretty cool, uh, for the people that are, that are watching, if you would go check out the, uh, audio feed, you'll be able to hear these. Um, it's a lesson on infinity stones. Yes. You learn a lot about the infinity stones. Yes. And then followed by a first look at Avengers infinity war, um, which I'm sure if you're a super nerd, like we are, unless you're lane have already watched it. Hey, it's pretty dope. (laughs) He'll, don't worry before this. Before I leave this place tonight, the the nerd cave, he's watching it. That's right. That's happening. The birthday cave. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So, uh, do you want me to read this one? What? This we have two yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy things. Yeah. But uh, okay, so in an extreme, uh, so Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two gets a perfect score in a test screening. Fuck uh, yeah. Yeah, in an extremely rare case, Guardians Two scored a perfect one hundred out of one hundred at the first test screenings for the film. That means everyone that saw it at a screening gave it a perfect score, according to a report by THR. That perfect score is higher than their previous top-scoring film, The Avengers, uh, though Iron Man 3 also scored high in the 90s. Marvel Studios does not recruit random fans for the L.A. area. 
or from the L.A. area. Instead, they bring in friends and families for their screenings, which no doubt colors things slightly uh, and keeps their notoriously tight secrets in place. But the fact that they haven't had a 100 before certainly says something. Yeah. Um, That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, like... I mean, I don't know. I wonder if it's, it's, it's probably it. anonymous. Know. It would have to be. That movie's going to be fantastic. Oh, absolutely. There's, there's no way it's not going to be. Like, You just know it is. It's already... I don't know. I I can't see any downside to this movie. No, I mean... I don't know either. much about Guardians of the Galaxy, though, in real in comic book world, so... I, I haven't really ever heard anybody bitch about it, like, not being close to the comic books or... At least his outfit looked pretty goddamn close. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I honestly... I'm not, I am not. don't really know. I've never heard anybody come down on it and be like, it's so uncanonical and all... Just... Right. I think I think everybody just fucking straight up loves Un-canonical? it. Uncanonical. Canonical. Yeah, I heard that word the other day. Uncanonical. Uncanonical. That means it's not canon. <laughs> what a yeah. way to uh, non-canonical. <laughs> I don't know. I heard I heard that word the other day on a Harry Potter podcast. Interesting. And I was like, interesting. Yeah, I, I said the same thing because it's not a non. Well, wasn't it you that was like questioning the word canon? Canon. What? Was it you? Maybe it was not. Canon. It was somebody. I was yeah. talking to somebody. About something, and I was like, "Yeah, it's not canon." They're like, "The fuck does that mean?" Like, it's not canon; it's a story. They're like, "You know, it might have been Alex." I'm not really. I'm not really you positive. You're asking me if I didn't know what canon meant. I'm asking you if that was the conversation I had with, like, if it you were the been one me. I know what canon means. Yeah, it, this is a while ago. I've known what canon means forever. Yeah, so it definitely wasn't you. I don't know. All right, Groot wasn't always going to stay a baby in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. If you've seen a single piece of promotional material for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, they then you have fallen in love with Baby Groot. It's not even a question. To see him is to love him. It's also to recognize and acclaim a bold choice with Groot's popularity as the big bruiser of the team in the first Guardians film. Leaving him as a diminutive version of the character for the duration of the film was a risk, and originally James Gunn didn't even think of doing so. 100% I stated I started out thinking of him as a full-grown, and I didn't have him grow up. Gunn told ComicBook.com and assembled press at the set visit last spring. Groot was just going to start the film back to full size. Um, then all of a sudden, I thought that's what fans would think we would do. Why are those, like, have the... I'm not really sure. That's what fans think we would do. And I really don't have to stick with that. Then... That's when he started to think about Baby Groot having just grown out of the pot ready for action despite his size. It could be Baby Groot and Baby Groot is... It could be Baby Groot and Baby Groot is very different. He's a unique little... What? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't write these. These are... These he's are a unique little fella and he's pretty great in the movie even though he's not even physically there on set. But all the time, Chris Pratt, Star-Lord, is like, Jeed, damn it. God damn it. That's what it's supposed to say. Yeah. He's going to steal the fucking movie. And there's nothing, it's nothing here. But he's funny even in the dailies. <laughs> even in the dailies we're watching. What? Dude, I don't know. We this got the guy on a stick and people are <laughs> laughing, Gunn said. Who talks like that? I don't know. I, I, I would really like to know why those things are in brackets. I don't fucking know, man. It doesn't make any sense. Baby group. Baby Groot has a unique personality as well with a little more of sting to his behavior and a little less intelligence. There's something really cool about him, and he's funny in the movie. He's a little jerk, too. He can kick some ass. He's also an idiot. He's a baby. He's not very smart, said the director. Well, hell yeah. I mean, yeah, that's funny. He's going to steal the fucking show. Yeah, that's the truth. 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 All right, so the last bit of news we have here is uh, Star Wars news. 
And the rumor is... Oh, hey, look, somebody said something nice. <laughs> oh, Lane's type again. Yeah. The guy on the right is so sexy. <laughs> this one. <laughs> All right, so uh, earlier this week, news hit that Hayden, beloved by some and hated by many, yeah. will be returning as a Force ghost in Episode Eight of Star Wars and will be heavily influence the outcome of the Skywalker family as a whole against the Sith. So this is interesting. Now they also announced in this that that Sebastian Shaw, the original guy who played Darth Vader, like under the suit, yeah. He is totally stiffed. Remember how remember how when we watch it when we were watching Star Wars for the like last year before Force yeah. Awakens and Hayden we Christensen was in there. and Hayden Christensen and we were like holy shit yeah <laughs> but before that like they added his force goes to the, the original movies it was funny yeah but before that happened we were like wait wait <laughs> what's happening here the but the funny thing is, is before <laughs> before this happened we're watching these movies on fucking Blu-ray we were watching them and I'm like god damn these effects are fucking great back in the day right and we're and could we come to find out that these that, that he, George Lucas fucking added a whole bunch of shit right and i we still to this day have never seen the original i probably have when i was young well yeah i'm not that i can ever remember but yeah. it, so this whole time i'm thinking that these effects are all like added in back in the 70s and i'm like man george lucas was ahead of his time yeah for sure <laughs> and then we see hayden christensen at the end of return of the jedi i'm like what the fuck like, <laughs> so that now is completely canon so sebastian saw got totally stiffed what because he didn't represent Anakin in the in the original ones he did yeah he, that his force no, ghost that's is why only, he's pissed because his force ghost wasn't there well, yeah but now now his force ghost is no longer canon they're using Hayden so they can use him in future movies did they use his force ghost in the original movie yes are you sure yeah there was a spot of him I don't remember that yeah in the original movies when they show up at the end it's like it go you know, Kenobi and Yoda mm-hmm. and Anakin. But as but as Sebastian Shaw, really? Yes, and they just edited that. him out and added Hayden. How pissed off would I be? <laughs> I would be fucking pissed as fuck. But it's funny because now Hayden's just canon. Like they're just mm-hmm. they're just saying fuck Sebastian Shaw. Like they're just making Hayden canon. That's well, fucking it has to insane. Be canon. The first three movies are well. Yeah, I know that. But that it's just it's just it fucks with a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people get pissed about it. But it's just funny. But um, I'm so hungry, dude. <laughs> We're gonna leave here and have steaks for our birthday. Steaks. <laughs> all right, so uh that's all we have for news. Did you read anything else interesting? No. Did you want to talk I about? Can't think of anything. Can't think about anything. Just that I can't fucking wait to watch Seven Deadly Sins. Oh man, that comes Dragon out Ball next Super week. today. We saw Dragon Ball Super and the very beginning of the tournaments are starting and it's cool. I can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be dope. Gohan fight again. I think he's going to train. It's going to be a fucking awesome. Yeah, it's going to be so fucking cool. And I got to mention before we get out of news, though, that I started watching Jessica Jones and it is it's a great show. Oh, man. It makes me very uncomfortable to watch it. And want, and you just want to cry the entire time you're watching the show. And you're just like, ugh. It's horrible. <laughs> but it's fantastic at the same time. Well, I I I got to get on that now. The Purple Man is the fucking worst person alive, man. Interesting. Worst, the worst person you can imagine. <laughs> That's crazy. That's so crazy to think about. I can't wait to see Like that. I can't think of anybody worse. Really? Yeah, not even Negan. Not even Negan? Not even Negan. Negan's a puppy dog compared to this. A dude. puppy dog. Yeah, in my opinion, Negan is a puppy dog compared to the villainy. 
and just the the cruelness and the horribleness. Of Does he have powers? Yes. Now, would he be just as I don't know man. bad without the powers? You have to be fucked up to use your powers that way to begin with. Like, okay, even you know what I mean. Like, there's no way you just all of a sudden are going to be that horrible of a person. Right. He was that horrible before he got powers if he wasn't born with them. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I don't know. So, so I have I mean, no idea what you're talking no, I mean, about. So to be to be uh, the the reason I say that is is like if you're a good person and you gain superpowers or whatever and then you want to become a villain, okay, sure, you're a bad guy. Right. But to become that far into it, man, like to be a, if you're a good person and to go cuz he's way past villain. He's a horrible horrible man. Like you know, like so it's just like a villain doesn't even describe him at all. <laughs> That's crazy. That's so crazy to think about. Oh, this guy's horrible, man. <laughs> he, does well, one, he does one certain thing, man, that it just I couldn't believe that he did it. Well, oh, well, those Jessica Jones fans out there will know what Lane is talking about. Yeah. But I, I don't. I felt worse for, the pe- for people. Right. <laughs> That's crazy. Almost as bad as that guy that had woman's parts on sewn on his body from gotham yeah that was fucked up man look out faggot <laughs> look out faggot what made you think of that what made you think of i that? don't know <laughs> stuck in my head all righty i guess we're gonna get right into the walking dead Woo! do you want to do walking dead first yeah we're gonna do walking dead first All right, so we're going to start Walking Dead right now. Season Uh, 7, Episode 9, entitled A Rock in the Road. This is the mid-season premiere of The Walking Dead Season 7. It ended off last time, last season. Negan was in there, Alexandria. Yes. And he uh, was pretty much waiting for Rick. Um, What's his face? The fucking guy, uh, her her son. Spencer Rooney Tune. Yeah, Spencer Rooney Tune. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking <laughs> decided to take it upon himself to discuss things with Negan to try to win his favor and potentially be like like he's gonna say okay you're the leader now Spencer like that's yeah, what he was right. expecting and one thing leads to another and they end up playing pool in the street and then Negan finds that to be very pussy behavior so he kills him stabs him cuts him in the street yeah um got some man Rosita Ooh. shot at Negan yep. shooting Lucille yep. And Negan's pissed, and he's like, how the fuck do you get bullets? This looks homemade, because I'm a fucking ping-pong teacher that knows what the fuck a homemade bullet looks like. Yeah, right. And uh, <laughs> he fucking... Ooh, spoilers for Negan's origin. They Yeah, whatever. He stole... <laughs> they stole... um, What's his fame? Eugene, because Eugene, they found out he's the one that made the bullets. Mm-hmm. So they're taking Eugene, which I don't believe happens in the comic books. I got. It's, it's I'm pretty sure it doesn't. I'm pretty sure it yeah, doesn't. Yeah, I don't think that he. I don't think they're ever even aware of this. The fact that he's doing this because now, how are they going to get him back in the show? Like, you know what I mean? Like, he was a huge part in All Out War because he was making bullets. Right. I'm not going to say much more to ruin anything, but now that he, it doesn't make sense. Like, 
It doesn't. I and I I, I have no idea. Gonna... I'm assuming but, they're gonna get him back somehow. They have to. But, He's not gonna be yeah. there forever. So then he took Eugene, and then Rick came back. Right, you know, pretty much right in there or something. Right after, right, right as it was happening, and uh, Rick's just furious. So you know, you can just tell he had enough. He had and look in his eyes, like I'm done. Absolutely. And then they all go to the hilltop and reunite with Daryl and Enid. And his pistol, his python. Yeah, and his python. That was dope, dude. So yeah, so we left off with them at the hilltop, and that's exactly where the episode starts at, and it was awesome. Yeah. So starting off after the events of the first season, we see Rick and company trying to convince Gregory to assist them. Now, Gregory was being a douche. Gregory is a douchebag. He was like, being he, such a fucking He does a faggot. good job, though, man. The actor that's doing great. Like, oh, yeah, he sure does. He's, like, he's just like this in the comic books, man. Yeah, he's a fuck he's little fucking fuck. Did you see Rick, dude? He was just like, now, Margaret. Listen, Rick was just like, oh, my God, dude. Oh, I'm going to fucking punch this guy. Yeah, I wish he would have done that. <laughs> he's like, her name is Maggie. Like, that would have been fucking awesome. Yeah. But uh, so Gregory, he wa- they want Gregory to do it. They're trying to convince him to ass- assist them in the defeat of the saviors, only to be met with serious apprehension. Um, He's a scared little girl. Yeah, pretty much. And he mm. all but tells them to get the fuck out. Go. He says, "Go out the back door." He goes, mm-hmm. "Don't be seen on the way out." Um, the group, getting more upset, have run out of options, or have they? No. Before we, I, I'm going to throw something in that we didn't write down, but. Like when they walked outside, all, all like the, there was like a big group of people from the hilltop saying, "Right, Enid told us that you need backup or you need help. We want to help. You know, fuck Negan. Like we want, we want to help. Right. And uh, that was cool. You know, it was really cool. And then, um, so Jesus tells the group, "I think it's time I introduce you to the king." <laughs> Rick's the, like the, the king, king. <laughs> like. The king, really? Like, this is what the fuck we have to deal with right now? Right. Um, so, upon arrival, they are greeted by two knights <laughs> of the kingdom. <laughs> and <laughs> this shit is fucking hilarious. All like, right. Let me, let me set the scene for a second. Go ahead. Like, they get there, and then Rick's like, when are we going to get there? He's like, we're here. He goes, this is part of it. This is like the out city skirts of his the kingdom. And then Jesus looks up, and he's like, see, there, there they come now. <laughs> and then... Who dare trespass on our land? <laughs> like, two, I was like, what the fuck? Two fucking knights come riding in on horseback. Uh, who dare trespass? <laughs> I was fucking dying, dude. That was so funny. Oh, my God. That shit cracks me up. Man, like, they take this shit goddamn seriously. Oh, man. Jesus, Lord, man. Like, you know, like, well, say, like, you know, we all know how Ezekiel talks and. Amber just like DJ's wife just looks at him like, why is he talking like that? That's stupid. <laughs> I'm like, fuck if I know, man. I'm I don't just... know. It's funny. I mean, he did say he's just an actor that these people need that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, but I guess I can't believe they put up with it. Honestly, but, like his group is getting. They're like, who dare trespass? Like, yeah, they're like, you must act like this. You have to be. I'll nice. tell you what, though, dude. Jerry, he is something. Which one? That the the that the big one. His bodyguard guy. Yeah, yeah, he's funny. He's such a piece of work. So. <laughs> So they like Rick was telling that story and then he's like, "Nice, nice." <laughs> anyway, it's go like ahead. It's getting good now. <laughs> All right, so uh, they introduced to to Ezekiel in in his throne room. He is accompanied by Jerry Morgan and of course Shiva and also that other kid, the brother whose name I can't remember. Yeah. Um, and yeah, oh, like they're all standing super far back. And then yeah. <laughs> and Jesus just so happened to forget to mention to Team Alexandria. But there's a fucking tiger in there. He goes, oh, yeah, I forgot to mention. He goes, yeah, oh, tiger. Did you? Did you forget to mention? Yeah. 
Uh, so they again attempt to get. His... Like that'd be the first thing I say. I'd be like, "I gotta introduce you to the king. He has a fucking tiger, dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like that. <laughs> He's got a tiger. Uh, he uses a weapon. Like, why would that not be the first goddamn thing? Yeah, you tell right. Somebody? That would be. Uh... I'd be way too excited to not tell somebody that. <laughs> He's dope as fuck. <laughs> He's got a tiger. Uh, so they gain a ten, or yeah, they again attempt to get this group to join them as allies against Negan. Ezekiel listens to their words, takes into account opinions from Jesus and Morgan. And Rick tells a story. <laughs> After this, Ezekiel says something else that is ridiculous. And he says, I will deliver my decree by the morn. Um, you shall ha- you shall sup with us. Yeah, you like shall have supper sup. with him. So now here, here's the thing that we didn't get any answers on, but we just made an assumption um, because it made no other logical sense. Yeah, no other way it made sense. Huh? Yeah, but they stay at the hilltop overnight. That's that's where that's what it is. We weren't sure. No one ever said, "Yeah, we'll stay here." Because I heard Rick say, "We kind of got to get home." Yeah, but then it was like the next day, and then like there was a scene where like, "Oh, it's about to be dark," but the rest of the day, there had to have been nighttime at some point. Right. It had to have been. No, I agree. I just yeah. don't know when. <laughs> we yeah. can't fucking. Know when. We we couldn't figure it out. So that that's it's a little vagueness. You know what I mean? Because Rick did like they made a point to have Rick say, "No, we got to get home," and they never said, "No, nah, we'll stay here," but. Fucking, I don't know. They don't look like they got any rest, so I don't. I don't know. Yeah, they were all dressed way, in the same fucking clothes, but they were still there throughout all this. Yeah, so we're just gonna say they stayed there overnight, only to get more severe apprehension from Ezekiel in the morning. The only help he did decide to give was to offer Daryl asylum, but Daryl was like, "Hell no, nah. hell no." Nah. Um, on their way out, uh, Rick and group group convinced Daryl to stay behind. Okay, yeah, and then uh, we gotta mention. Um, like the boy, he was, who was that he was singing to or telling that story to? That was his brother. No, his little brother. That person in the bed? Yes. Oh, it looked like a woman. I thought it was an older <laughs> woman. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you sure it was a dude? Yeah, it was. It looked so much like an old woman to me. Like, I thought it was like <laughs> his wife or his grandma or something. <laughs> no, man. It was, uh, you know, that, that boy with that's practicing the staff? Yeah. His little brother. Are you positive? I'm positive. Because he said things were taking over for story time, man. Yeah, for the old lady. <laughs> he never said anything about the old lady. He never said anything about the brother either. I'm positive that's who that was. Because that's who... I thought it was just an old black lady. Because <laughs> he was like telling her a story about like... Uh, <laughs> about Negroes the slaves. And, yeah. Dude, that's cracking me up. No, it was a, it was a little white boy. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> he thought it was an old black lady. <laughs> that's what I saw, dude. That's all, the whole time I was saying, I was like, why is he... So, like, what is it? <laughs> Dude, that's um, fucking hilarious. I think you're incorrect. Oh, my God, man. That is so funny. No, I'm positive. I'm finding it. <laughs> Why would that kid be telling stories to... Uh... Maybe he's tapping an old black lady ass. <laughs> you never fucking know, that's, man. Th- that's absurd. You can continue. <laughs> All right. So, on their way back to uh, Alexandria, they come across a barricade on the highway. Bear with cave. A tr- what? A bear cave. A bear a bear cave. <laughs> that would have been fucking crazy, too. Holy shit, a bear. <laughs> um, so I like to say, when people say, bear with me a second, I'd be like, well, you have a bear with you? Right. <laughs> Let you me see a, it. Let me see your bear. <laughs> so uh, they find a barricade on the highway, and uh, it's rigged with a tripwire and various explosives. Rosita disables it, and they begin collecting the explosives, only to have a huge herd heading their way. So basically, Rosita's like, we need all of these. I'm going to disable this shit. We're taking them all. Be very careful. Um, Don't want any of this to explode. 
while you know while this is while we're you know taking care of it. So um, let's see here. Oh, I, I don't want to forget to mention that as they're pulling up, we get a hilarious commentary from Negan over the walkie-talkie. Yeah. About about Fat Joey. Oh, yeah. And about... He's the, like, Fat Joey's dead. He goes, he wasn't the best fighter, but, man, he had a sense of humor. He goes... And he said something. He's like, he's like, man, it's like, but without him, skinny Joey is just a regular Joey. <laughs> he's like, he's like we were just stuff. having a conversation about oral sex earlier in the day. With like, Lucille. <laughs> yeah, with Lucille. It's ridiculous. Skinny um, Joey's just regular Joey, and that's <laughs> not cool. It was weird. It was like Negan's own radio show. I would listen to the fuck out of that. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So Rick and Michonne get into two opposing cars with a cable connected between them and go on one hell of a zombie killing spree. Hell. This shit was so dope, dude. Yeah, you were like, hell yeah. I totally saw it. It was very obvious. Oh, yeah, obvious indeed, but. Still cool. Still really cool. They probably killed more walkers in one scene than I think they've ever killed. Yeah. Like, it was it's insane. Now, I did. I, I read something very interesting this morning about that scene. Um, it was totally not in the script at all. According to Greg Nicotero, who directed the episode, he was reading through the script, and he, I guess the original pl- plan was to have them all get in the car, and then Rosita was going to take the dynamite that she that she hid in the grass yeah. and come out the sunroof of the car and, like, throw it and blow a big hole in the walker herd, and then drive off they're gonna get away that way but yeah, that would have been cool too but nicotero was just like um uh, no he's like look at this he's like it's right in front of our faces like right he's like let's just do this and um ended up working out you know way better and andy lincoln was just like hell yeah this is so dope let's do this and, <laughs> and all this stuff so that's just pretty mowing cool. them down cutting them in half to just i mean they probably didn't die but they're just half zombies now hell yeah it was, it was fucking cool if you cut a zombie in half can its feet walk or no the feet wouldn't walk just the top half yeah not so, during this, uh, thanks to a walkie-talkie Jesus stole from a savior, they are able to keep tabs on them. That's how we heard Negan's little story time. Right. And when they hear Negan order the group to Alexandria by, via a code red or something like that, and they're trying to find Daryl, immediately after returning to Alexandria, Rick is able to welcome Negan's search party. Obviously, Daryl isn't there, so they find nothing. After some more threats and glares, they leave, only for Rick's group to have yet another mystery. Why is the food missing? Uh, why did Gabriel abandon his post? And why did he leave the Bible behind? After finding a clue that said boat, it take, takes them back to where Rick and Aaron were. Upon yeah. arrival... What do you mean? Like that boat? Like it was when those zombies were in the water and they yeah. had to take that little boat across to the big boat? Yeah, where Aaron Right before Negan died. came and took all their shit, I think. Yeah. Um, upon arrival, they follow the footprints, leading them to being surrounded by a random group of people, somehow putting a smile on Rick's face. And then the episode ended just like that. Yeah. They're surrounded by men and they look grimy and dirty. Yeah, but they all had fucking weapons. Yeah. That's why I think he's smiling. So Melee, yeah, he's probably smiling because fuck yeah, there's weapons. But uh, what we didn't talk about was at the top of the show, at the top of the episode, it starts off with Gabriel clearing the fuck out of the pantry and taking whatever weapons they had left putting them into the car from where from alexandria who did that gabriel yeah yeah we didn't talk about that oh yeah, the yeah. show that's how, that's how the episode started yeah the episode started with yeah he got out and, and he puts he him in the car and he didn't goes. say goddamn word right in the middle of the night in the middle of his post yep and now i do remember did you did you and amber say that you saw somebody in the car with him it looked like it when they pulled off and somebody kind of like sat up, I thought. 
I didn't catch it, so I didn't know. I don't know. It looked like it. But yeah, so that that was Walking Dead. It was fucking great. At, great starter to the season. The the back half of the season, anyway. Yeah. But man, that, dude, you were cracking me up. Did you did the episode load up for you? No. No. It's being really slow. Oh man, that was so funny. What? <laughs> you, the old black lady. Yeah. We'll figure it out, man. Dude, that was hysterical. Okay. Well, we're gonna move right into uh, the Arrowverse news. I'll get into some Arrowverse, you know. Oh. <laughs> what am I, to <laughs> I don't know. We're good now. Is our audio on our live feed coming from our microphones? Yes. Hell yeah, that's dope. <laughs> okay, we're going to start off with Supergirl, Season 2, Episode 11, The Martian Chronicles. Spoiler warning! Oh, that's in there in the parentheses. <laughs> because I'm going to read you the plot summary and we're going to discuss it. Picking this, out. this is our plot summary. We wrote it too. So. Starting off the episode in the alien bar, which we couldn't remember the name of the bar. You know what I'm talking about. That little bar that we first met, Megon. Kara approaches Monel, who is working as a bartender, and to tell him that he was right. That they were not a good match together, even though he loves her. And it's obvious that Kara has some mixed feelings. Now this is from the la- end of the last episode where he expressed that he loves Kara pretty much, and that's why he you know, he had to save her, etc. Blah blah blah. And she did not relay the feelings at the end of the episode. She was coming in there to pretty much cement that, but it's obvious. It's very obvious that there's something. Absolutely. We see John Jones talking with McGon in the bar about her fear of being hunted by the other White Martians. So like this other is alive, and she's afraid they're going to come hunt her. But then he asked her to come to the DEO for protection, you know, from Supergirl and him and everybody else. You made me lose my spot. I'm uh, sorry. Oh, yeah. He asked her to come to the DEO for protection so they can help. She, she is apprehensive because she feels she needs to handle it on her own. She doesn't want to put anybody else in danger. So she, she's a good person. Well, she's a good white Martian. Kara <coughs> and Alex are talking. And Kara is expressing her interest for her Earth birthday, which is the day that she landed. The day that she landed or was it the day that she met their family? Just the day that she, that day she landed on Earth. Mm. But Alex has made other plans with Maggie, going to see Bare Naked Ladies, was it? Yes. So, you know, so super. I mean, Kara was like, you know, it's okay. You know, you can all have fun, but you could tell it bothered her still. She's not very good at hiding her feelings. Right. Kara uh, says it's fine, but it is clearly bothering her. Back at the DEO, Megan finally agrees to come there to help. Mel comes there for help. Um, Megan, so Megan is there. She's like, all right, I'll stay. You can help me. Um, only for a second, McGon to also ask for help. So, like, she's standing there with John, and then another one walks down. The first one being the bad white Martian, who in the previous scene showed up at the bar to pretty much warn her that if she doesn't turn herself in, she will go after John and the Kryptonian. And she's like, oh, wait, they don't, they don't have anything to do with it. Um, and he also happened to be her lover. So I guess it was her mate. or Yeah, her mate. They didn't choose their mates on that planet. They were assigned, I suppose. <laughs> I don't know. So, um, 
is after a quick tussle with the White Martian, seems to disappear. But now everyone is worried that one of them is the White Martian. So, like, the White Martian, like, takes off. No, and then, so now they're like, fuck, one of us is the White Martian. Because they can fucking transform into anybody. Yeah. Now, they, it ends up getting to the point where they're in a room together and they do a flame test. John tells some story about when they were in the caves and then the White Martians were hunting them or something. They made them, whenever they came out of the caves, they were made to put their hand on the fire. Right. Because it would show their true self, I guess, because the fire is their weakness. That kind of reminded me of Harry Potter. For on what? Just like the way that they had to ask questions that only uh other person would know to make sure that Harry wasn't an imposter. But they weren't asking questions. I know, but it was... Questions. John's like, that's pointless asking questions because they can read minds. They no, I know that. It was just like a different a different way to right. tell yeah. you know, whether or not... It, it was just, it's a loose connection, but... After a flame test, it is revealed that Wynn is the White Martian, which that's not even, you know, they made it seem like it was these two random agents. There was an Asian guy and then a woman. Right. And they were like, well, and you know, obviously you're going to think, oh, it's one of them because the way they were acting, but it ends up being Wynn. Um, he escapes quickly, fucking with the core reactor, which will cause the building to explode in 15 minutes, according to that girl. They split up. John and Megan find the unconscious bodies of Wynn and Alex, making them realize there are two White Martians. Supergirl, who went off with Alex, starts fighting the one that was Alex. And then she was like relaying her heart to, and she's like, "If I have to hear any more of your nonsense, I'm gonna throw up or some shit like that." <laughs> and then uh, so Supergirl starts fighting the one that was Alex, and John shows up and begins fighting the other one, who is backed up by McGon eventually. And she stayed. You know, they got him down, and they needed they needed to take Win to the core reactor, so because he could only do it from there, not from the tablet. Right? right yeah, he couldn't do it remotely and be there. So he uh, went. You know, so he's he's like in between Supergirl fighting a White Martian, and then there's Win, and then there's fucking John. Martian Manhunter fighting a fucking White Martian. Yeah, that would be nerve wracking. And so you know he's trying to just like disable this freaking nu- nuclear bomb practically. Yeah, so, it um, destroyed fifty blocks. I think they said fifty block radius. Wow. So um, they defeat the White Martians, and Win narrowly stabilizes the core. I think he said something like there was twelve seconds to spare. Yeah. After all this, McGon decides to return to Mars in hopes to, to survive with some like-minded white Martians, but not before expressing her love quotations to John, because it's not the same. It's not love like... Uh, yeah. Some in, some connection they have together. Right. But So, so she like goes up to the ship, apparently, that he would, the guy her ex-lover was using, and she's going to find her way back to Mars. So the only, the only real problem I have with this episode is <laughs> the way she said John. Sean. It always sounds like she said Sean. Sean every single time. Jean. Bothered me. Jean. French. Jean Jones. <laughs> okay. I am a Jean Jones. But all in all, good episode. It was a good episode, yeah. wasn't too bad. I got, it was like, Some of the fighting was cool. Like, when I was from a distance and Supergirl was like up punching the fucking White Martian super fast, it was cool. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, it was real fun. But, all uh. Right. Now we are going to. Lush, what is happening? Oh. Okay. Hold on.
All right, so Flash, season three, episode 12, Untouchable. Untouchable, bitch. So starting our episode with a bit of a speedster race, which is training for Wally to see how fast he's getting. He almost has him, but whilst Barry can phase through a building, Wally must run over it, showing that he has a lot to learn. Clive Yorkin makes his appearance by killing policemen from Flashpoint. First victim was chef at Luigi's Restaurant. Can't remember his name. Uh, he kills them in a certain way by rotting them away into ashes with a just a touch, unlike his comic book counterpart who has energy absorption abilities. Um, Barry tries to teach Wally how to phase, and he just can't seem to grasp it. Yeah, because like, well, we also got to keep in mind Barry was a scientist kind of some sort. Yeah, and so he was able to understand the science behind phasing, phasing, etc., whatever's happening. But Wally, Wally's not quite. I mean, he knows a little bit, you know. He knows because he was developing that thing. Remember when he before, way before when he first. Oh came yeah, out? the uh, speed. Yeah, so he he knows some, but not like thing. that. So he's like, "Can you explain that? Like, I just gotta move fast and feel the stuff around me." Like, right. Like, very yeah. very simple, but he just couldn't understand it at the same level. See, but okay. Barry didn't learn by science either. He was running really fast. And something was happening, and then uh, Wells, when he was in the wheelchair, was like, "You gotta fucking feel the speed, and you gotta, you know." He was just explaining it to him because he was a speedster too. Right. I guess that titles back to where later on when Barry's talking about he doesn't feel like he's a good teacher. We didn't write that in here, but it doesn't. He was just right. telling. He's no, like, "I don't yeah. think I'm a no, very good teacher." Makes sense. He's like, you, "You have raw talent, but I, I think I had really good teachers. You know, he had fucking uh, Zolomon and Reverse Flash, who at, well, they did teach him quite a lot." Yeah. But. So yeah. let's see here at, at a coffee shop where they are to meet Joe's girlfriend's daughter, um, Joni, uh, that's her name. Yorkin shows up for Joe and is quickly thwarted by Kid Flash, who is Joni's hero. While back at Star Labs, the team discusses how to find Yorkin. And Iris tells Joe about her future death. A frantic Joe leaves the team or in the team disperses. So while back at home, Iris is attacked by Yorkin, and a save is attempted by Wally, but he fails to get her before she is touched by Clive. Yeah, um, he like I don't I don't know if he mentioned it, but in the comic books, like I don't know I don't know much about it, but I looked it up and it's another case of like his powers didn't seem to match what it said online. Like he had energy absorption abilities. Now, it might have been ultimately what he was doing. He might all, yeah, so but absorbing all your energy to the point to where you disintegrate, I yeah, guess. Yeah, nobody but, ever really stated it, that yeah, that was what he the did. The information about Clive Yorkin on the internet is very minimal. It's not like... Yeah, he's probably just a B-lister villain. Yeah. Um, let's see. I totally lost track. Uh, all right, so he rushes her back to Star Labs where they have to resort to Caitlin freezing her arms to stop it from spreading beyond her arm. So I think in the, in the episode they mentioned it being like um, how to stop a banana from rotting. Yeah, so you put it in the freezer. Yeah, you put it in the freezer. I've never so put a banana in the freezer before. It turns it completely black. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Caitlin is apprehensive. Just how of... you like your bananas. <laughs> Wait, what? Just how you like your oh, bananas. Oh, yeah, Jesus. All right, so Caitlin is very apprehensive about this, but does it anyway. So basically, she's she's worried that, you know, Killer Frost is going to come out. and it's gonna Yeah, because her eyes started turning fucking white and shit. Yeah. Well, that happens later, but right. still. So... Uh, but they do it anyway. Cisco vibes Flashpoint in an attempt to find who Clive may be going after next. Uh, they discover that it to be Detective Stone, who is a private investigator for the CCPD. Joe finds her and warns her about being a target. He gets on a train with her, but Yorkin is ahead of them. He's not on the train, but down a bridge. 
Yeah, down by some column. It was a bridge. Something was holding it up or some shit. Um, he disintegrates a pillar, which causes a blockade in the tracks. Joe calls for Barry with his distress signal on his phone, and Barry and Wally both go. Um, and Barry proceeds to be dope as fuck and vibrates the entire train. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> to phase through the rubble. And everybody is safe. Yeah, like, see, to me, that's because cr- he vibrated the whole train and everybody and everything that was on the train, too. Right. It was insane. Since, I don't even, that's crazy, man. It's I feel crazy. like people would die if they vibrated like the, the regular people. Yeah. I don't know. That was insanity. I wonder if Flash can actually do that. I don't know. It was nuts, though. Yeah. Uh, so Wally faces off against Yorkin yet again, who is told by Barry that he needs to get his blood into Yorkin. Um, this is because the but you know a speedster's healing ability is much faster than you know a, a normal person. So by putting Wally's blood into Yorkin, it would counteract his powers. Right. Um, well, because uh, yeah, because their blood did opposite things. I think because they noticed that in Iris. Yes. What was happening to her cells is the exact opposite of what happens to berries and shit cells. So right. That's interesting. Um, so they use his blood to counteract it, uh, and they did this by while he cuts his hand and phases through Yorkin. So this is the first time Wally actually phases. He fades through him, and the blood goes inside of him, and then Wally heals on his way out the back of him. So this is successful, and Yorkin is powerless. It's amazing that it would make him powerless that fast, though. Yeah, instantaneously. Where the hell's your birthday hat, faggot? I took it off. It was uncomfortable. Pussy. I got a bald head. That's fine. I do, too. You do not. I usually do. Well, you haven't for a while. You got a cushion up there. I do, man. I'm going to let it grow long mm. and strong. <laughs> so, meanwhile, <coughs> excuse me. Meanwhile, at Star Labs, Caitlin is almost overcome with her Killer Frost instincts, only to be talked around by Draco Malfoy. <laughs> Julian, who's been a dick this whole episode. Um, well, he's just realist. He's a realist. He's, he is a realist. I come off as a dick, dick too because I'm a realist. I think. Um, so they get an antidote and cure Iris. Julian and Caitlin go out for drinks. Love blossoming, perhaps. <laughs> perhaps. Perhaps. Now that happens. Now that's happening a lot right now. Oh yeah. So down in the speed lab, Wally is practicing uh, phasing when all of a sudden a breach opens and out pops Jesse Quick. He so goes, Jesse Quick. We're gonna fuck. <laughs> He has a speed. I don't know if she knows. He, does she know he's a speedster? I don't. I don't know yet. I don't think so. Maybe. No. Because yeah, I think the last time she was here, he was. She was running, but he couldn't remember. Yeah, it's definitely. And they were she gonna, definitely like, has no out. idea. But she pops out, and she looks very distressed. And she's like, "She's like, my dad was taken by Grodd. He's at Gorilla City." Dun dun dun. Tune in next week for the next episode of The Flash. <laughs> Can't wait to see Grodd again, man. Actually, oh. I don't know if Flash is coming on next week. Maybe. <laughs> Legends of Tomorrow. All right. So, season two, episode 11, Legends of Tomorrow, Turncoat. Turncoat. Now, immediately, you're like, hey, that sounds like something from George Washington's time. But yes, at the end of the last episode, George Washington was murdered. This episode had some problems, in my opinion. A little bit, but I think I understand it. Oh, do you? I think. No. (laughs) It doesn't make any sense. I don't know how you're going to explain it. Well, here. So here. I'm going to tell you my issue. 
Uh, let me read it, and then when we get to that part. We'll okay, all right. Season 2, Episode 11, Turncoat. Our episode opens in New Jersey, 1775, with Thon and newly villainized Rip Hunter handing out M16 rifles to the British to get the upper hand on General Washington's army. Now, in the end of the last episode, Rip Hunter was seen killing George Washington. Now, and then after that, he's like, oh, he's, and he said, they said something about it in the episode, like, oh, we killed him. So now we need the weapons. But so what? They go back in time again? Why kill him then? To create the aberration. Like they did it the first. They did it the first time on Christmas Day to create the aberration. He did it with the knowledge that they would go back one day prior. It doesn't make sense. Unless I mean, he's he is with Thon. Like he could have just went went ahead and did it, and then came back to Christmas Day. He, they created the aberration for what purpose? To because maybe with the no, I th- I'm thinking that Rip the aberration and, wouldn't happen. Wouldn't, wouldn't affect what happened. Anything before it. I know. Here, here's the way I have it playing out in my head. Rip kills George Washington. Yes. Goes back with Thon to the previous day with knowledge that he, you know, in because he he is the same Rip Hunter. And he knows the team, so he's going to be like, well, they'll probably go back to yesterday and try to stop me from doing it. So that's where the episode opens. So he goes back with Thon one more day because Thon could time travel. Yeah, but then the, but that whole part, the whole point of that. Why not just go back to that and do it from there? Because if you fail, if he would have failed, then that t- killing him, apparently, like what, what actually happened, matters not. It didn't matter. Right. Oh, I don't agree with it, but I think that's sense. what they're trying to say. Oh, that make any sense. But like that's because that's uh, the, the more I thought about it, because you said it at first, so you were like, I was like, yeah, like, it what, make they were any using sense. it as a ploy to bring them there. Yes. To get that stick. Oh yeah, God. like I think you know he created the aberration because he knew how that worked and that he that it would do. So it they that didn't way. really give a shit about the aberration itself. They just wanted to get their attention. Yes. Okay, that makes way more sense. Yeah, he created. The, they created like, the aberration like, what, what, to get them there in the first place. Okay, that makes a whole lot more sense. I don't. That's I don't the know. way I was thinking about it. Like, alrighty, well. Now, Team Legends decides to go back to Christmas Eve before Rip assassinates Washington and stop it from happening. They attend a Christmas Eve ball that is infiltrated by the British. As the legends flee the party, they run into Rip, who shoots Sarah. Right in the stomach. Boom. It was really, like, brutal, I guess. Yeah. I didn't expect she is swiftly taken back to the Wave Rider just in time for an EMP sort of thing to knock out all the electricity in the nearby vicinity. Uh, it forced Adam to be stuck little in his Adam suit, so he can grow. He's just now a little tiny person in the suit <laughs> that can't do anything. Right. <laughs> Uh, the Wave Rider got completely shut down, and uh, Jack and Stein, Jacks and Stein, find out that their powers don't even work. Like they can't, they can't morph together. Or something. Yeah, whatever, whatever the thing, the the, the reactor on their chest was, oh, it's electronic, and it's the thing that causes them to. Uh, Mick and George Washington are captured by the British and are apparently to be hanged. Now it was, it was funny, like cause it was just like pretty much like Rory buddying it up with George Washington. Like, yeah, it was really interesting. <laughs> I love Rory. Uh, make an, uh, Rip makes an attempt to pull down the doors of the Wave Rider to scour the ship for the spear fragment. They have two regular dudes pulling on this time ship's door with yeah. a rope. <laughs> and he's not even helping. He's just no. standing there watching just and he like, goes, Heave! Yeah, like, what the <laughs> fuck? Put your back into it! Like, there's no way two regular people are pulling that door down. It makes no sense. Yeah. I, and they, even if and the they, power's out, that door should still be able to yeah. be shut. And they fucking did it too. Yeah, and it's still bullshit. I agree with you. That is some fucking bullshit. So they get inside the ship. Uh, Stein attempts old-fashioned surgery to save Sarah. Because, like, pretty much Jax is like, you know, you got fucking... 
He's like, I'm not a doc kind of doctor. He goes, well, I'm not a captain. And I guess we're both trying something new today. And right. So yeah. Think, he's like, I'm just a fucking mechanic. Yeah. So Jack's uh, to say, Sarah, Jack's defends the ship against Rip. Like he's setting up like booby traps and shit. Dude, it was kind of cool. Like, yeah, it was really cool. It was Home Alone style. A little, a little Home Alone stuff going on. Um, Nate and Vixen help out Rory in Washington, but Nate falls off the cliff and gets hypothermia. Like, and he just like lands in the water, and Vixen dives in. Dude, it was dope. she like became a seal. It yeah, really that was awesome. That's the second time we've seen her do some uh, aqua stuff. Yeah, you were waiting for you were mentioning it once. Now we've seen it twice. Like. Now, Vixen gets some uh, suggests some skin on skin contact to warm him up, and a type of romance seems to be blossoming in this show too. Um, you know, like because like you know his face is like in her bosom and shit, and I'm like, oh yeah, I want to have a too. <laughs> and then uh, ended up being, yeah, I guess I ended up hooking up. He's like, you can come lay in here. She goes, it's warm by the fire. He goes, it's warm under the tent too. <laughs> I was like, oh god. So now they fucking. Um, Vixen suggests that yeah, blossoming. Mick seems to have a connection with Georgie, as he calls George Washington. He tells him what it's like to be an American, and his he's like saying, it was like, well, I'm a gentleman." Blah blah blah. He's like, "Well, uh, Mick's like, we don't, we we survive in America." He's like, "Well, he's like if you, if you if we know you're gonna attack us, we'll hit your camps at night, and we'll, you know all this bullshit." Right? He's like, "You have no idea what it means to be an American." Yeah. So like, Mick's pretty much saying, "We don't. It doesn't matter if you fight dirty; you're surviving." Better fight dirty and live than fucking fight fair and die. Right. So it's like it's okay to fucking uh, rip chases Jacks to the ship, and they end up in Sarah's room where she's recovering or trying to, and then he finishes her off like he just like chokes her and breaks her neck. It seems like it was fucked up, man. Like Mick seems to be having oh no, Jax is distraught. He's he's like fucking destroyed from this. And, um, Stein comes in. I think Stein ended up coming back in. Yeah. And no, he, he got, like, woke up. Yeah, oh, yeah, because he got knocked out or some shit, yeah. Yeah. And he woke up, and then Jack's like, I'm done, I'm done with it. He, like, takes an old-ass gun. He's like, I'm going to kill Rip Hunter or some shit like that. And, um, Rip's now, uh, not not before this, though, or not after, or whatever. I don't know. Fuck him. <laughs> but he decides, he tells him where the stat, the spear part really is. It's in his fucking telescope. Yeah. So he takes it, and then he starts leaving. Jax goes after him for what he did to Sarah. Um, now back to when they're about to be hanged, George and Mick fight their way out with some last minute help from a recovered Nate and Vixen. Any last words? <laughs> My private just told me a new word. Kaboom. It's <laughs> weird. This is an interesting line. Now, uh, Jack's corners rip at the gunpoint, but Sarah shows up already healed by Gideon because after Adam, he was like running from a rat in the fucking vents and he jumps out of the vent and lands on like a light switch thing. Right. Apparently that one little light switch was able to power up the entire ship again. Which I forgot to mention earlier whenever you were like, how could a rat get in there? There was another – did you hear uh, Ray say – he's like, this time ship's been all over the place. He's like, any rat could have jumped in the ship at any point. Yeah, but when? I don't know. Maybe when they were back in Chicago? Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. They bid themselves um, They bid themselves farewell from George uh, after Mick and George did a little bit of drinking together. And he goes he – goes, and then it's funny because – George was all about fucking being like a gentleman about with battle, et cetera. And then he tells Mick, he goes, we're going to attack them at night on Christmas Day or some shit like that. Yeah. And Mick's like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Because <laughs> like, that's what he really does in real life. Like, right. That's just funny. Like, he had that influence from Mick. Like, Mick wouldn't. And then Mick had a statue of him. <laughs> there was like, they're like, he's like, hey, how did the, uh, how's the timeline? He goes, it's all fixed. But in Washington, there seems to be a statue that looks an awful like, like Mick Rory. That's <laughs> so funny, man. It's hysterical. 
Uh, they even with all the negatives, they decide to have a Christmas party. So yep. with all the negative shit going on, they're still they know they have a Christmas party. I mean, they probably don't remember. They probably don't even know what time it really is. It could be any. T- yeah, day yeah. They and I mean, Sarah made a good point. Like, I mean, even people that exist outside the timeline can have fun at parties. Like, yeah, they can have celebrate, celebrate their holidays and stuff. And they don't really even have to worry about it being the holiday. Right. It's pretty cool though. They can use that time fab that food fabricator to just fabricate an entire turkey. Right. And just yeah, probably. It'd be pretty awesome. Now we are now going to get into Bratva, not Bratva, Arrow, Arrow. <laughs> titled Bratva, season five, episode twelve. We're just going to talk about this one. Yeah, there wasn't a whole lot that went on. I mean, there, I mean, wa- there was, yeah. but there wasn't. It's cool the way it starts off. Pretty cool though. It starts off with Oliver getting trained uh, back, a flashback, him being trained more by Talia Al Ghul, and they're like jumping off roofs and shooting people with the arrow. He was like more brutal back then. It seemed like oh, he absolutely, he was destroying these people. Like, Fuck yeah, it was great. And then uh, she shoots. She jumps off and shoots an arrow at him, and then fuck, he catches it. Yeah, dude, that was yeah. awesome. And she goes, "You're learning now, or some shit like that." She's like, "You like, you have to learn to let the monster out, and well, when you know whatever Tully's yeah. lesson is." So, uh, pretty much, it was af- after the fucking last episode where D- Diggle got freed because of the DA. Yes, they had like a speech. Uh, there was like a fucking press conference, and he was thanking the DA because I mean. He, you know, he did almost the impossible, taking on the fucking military like that. Yeah, and Quentin Lance came back this episode. Yeah, Quentin Lance came in. Quentin, Quentin Lance, yes. Um, dude, he goes. I didn't expect to see you here. Like it's almost like the actor didn't know. It's almost like Stephen Amell didn't know. Oh yeah, and it was like, like, unscripted. He was like, oh hey, like, <laughs> dude. <laughs> I I can't. I've been trying this whole time to remember what that weird thing that Renee says to Quentin. Remember what I'm talking about? He just says something. He's like, he's like, did you just say my name? My my name was ass or something? No, he's like, did you just say, call my mouth ass? Yeah. What, what did, did he, he say? say? He's talking about the shit coming out of your mouth or some shit like that. I don't, oh, I don't remember. It was fucking hilarious. It was ridiculous because you looked at me. You were like, what the fuck? And I was like, I don't fucking know. It was weird. <laughs> well, I guess so. They were keeping tabs on this general that got away. I guess he's doing that. But uh, they tracked him to go into Russia. So I guess to sell the, the missile button i guess that he stole that he tried to blame on diggle yeah to some russian terrorists is their idea so our oliver's like oh i'm a mayor i got a private plane we can take there and yeah right so all of the team except for what's his mad dog yeah renee <coughs> stays behind because wild he, dog wild dog he stays behind to help out uh lance with his inter- coming up interview it's funny that they chose him but yeah they, of all people and they but they also he also said he's like they also didn't want me to go to, pre- to help to not to prevent a fucking uh country war because like if Renee went over to Russia he would be probably oh yeah you know what I mean he would have <laughs> yeah he would have been quite as understanding yeah with him yeah I understand uh let's see so they get there like they get to Russia and then we see an old friend oh yeah Anatoly walks right up to all of you he's like Oliver Queen and then he fucking punches Oliver in the face and we're like oh shit like oh, he gets socked. And he's basically like, "Why are you here?" He's like, uh, "I can't remember the guy's name, but he's like, you asked so and so to do a favor, or he asked you to do a favor for him, and you didn't do it. You left." He's like, uh, "Russia has nothing here for you." Well, he was mad because uh, no, he he asked that guy of a favor, and went yeah. to help him out, and then Slade ended up killing Slade Wilson, killed him. Oh, that's right, that's right. That's why they're really mad because his brother died. Slade, like it was, he said it was like three years ago. I believe, I believe we saw that episode too. 
Yeah, probably. But yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. They they did flashbacks in the. That's stroke. I remember. Um, he won't help Ollie unless he does something for him first too. Like he's like, well, fine, you know, we'll help you if, you know, I got a job for you to do for me. Yeah, he's basically like, no, I don't do that anymore. Yeah, he doesn't want to be back. He doesn't want to get drawn back into that life. And he's just like, he's like, he's like, look, you took an oath. He's like, oaths are for life. He goes, you are brought up for life. Yeah. And all like shit. No, I guess uh, in one of the little attacks they did, they they got one as like a captive. Like they took one of these guys that they're after. And uh, Oliver was like going to electrocute him. He's like, "You got five minutes." And Diggle was like, "It's not happening fast enough." He's like, "He's going crazy." Like, oh yeah, dude, Diggle I was would pissed. Not, dude, Diggle was fucking beating that dude up like a punching bag. Oh my god, dude, punching him super. Oh, I would feel like I would die just from getting punched. Oh like yeah, that. I was like, he's a huge. Like dude. he was basically training on this guy. Yeah, like I, punching as hard as he would a bag, like just fucking bombarding it. Diggle was pissed. Yeah, so he's going a little crazy and beating him up, and he ends up beating the guy and they had tied up. Felicity is going too far as well. Like I guess there seems to be some weird thing. Like they're all, they're both, the people are just going too far now. Like, yeah, and Oliver over thinks the it's line. his fault or whatever. And uh, she ends up black. Like she goes into this this bar, talks to this guy that apparently she needed something from. I can't, I can't remember exactly what the deal was, but some of the information she got from that helix on the USB drive, which apparently she has a shitload of information about people. Yeah, just so easily accessible. It's like her little black book that Oliver had, but on a huger scale. Oh yeah. And uh, she pretty much threatened this guy with something, and Rory notices it, and like he, the guy looks extremely frightened. Oh yeah. And so like, he's like, he thinks that Felicity might be going too far. That she, he's not worried about him. He's worried about her. Oh yeah, it's like, and it's later revealed that she was just basically blackmailing this guy. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, that was pretty apparent right away. Well, yeah. She said that. She's. I mean, it was. Because he's like, they'll kill my family. She goes, well, all right, <laughs> whatever. Mm. So Ollie finally decides it's time to use the brush for his help because of people are going too far, and he's like, and he doesn't. And he's trying to do it his own way, but it's proved to be a little tougher. Right. So he does that in Anatoly's favor, and he takes Dino with him, and they pull it off like in two seconds. Yeah, it was funny as shit. It's like. crazy. Um, and then the Brafa and Team Arrow go and take down Walker, uh, but they discover that the bomb is actually not in the car; it is elsewhere. Mm-hmm. No, it's isn't some fat fucking uh, warehouse thing. Yeah, it's always a fucking warehouse thing of some sort. Yeah, it was like a hangar. Yeah. Um, and let's see. So Felicity goes to disarm the bomb. Uh, she can't. So Rory decides he's gonna wrap it up in his rags and absorb the explosion. He's like, let's survive the the bombing at my at Haven Rock or whatever it is. Yeah. Is it Haven Rock? It was Haven Rock. Yeah. And uh, so he's like, it should be able to explode here. And she's like, are you sure? And he, you know, he looks kind of frightened, but. I mean that's cra- that's quite ballsy, man. Yeah, it is, and those rags are fucking tough. Fuck yeah! It took a nuclear blast that would have killed. A, I think they said like a fifty miles, fifty mile radius or some shit. Yeah. It was it was huge. It was a gigantic fucking radius. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Yeah. Uh, back in Star City, Ollie Ollie and the reporter are getting closer, um, but that doesn't stop her from digging into his past and finding out that he is Bratva and that he is some archer guy. Or that he and some Archer guy were in Russia at the same time, making her believe that Oliver is indeed the Green Arrow. So that's not good. No. I don't know what's going to happen with that, man. She's, She's a bitch. Um, we also got to mention that Rory, apparently his suit is no longer working. Yes. Felicity comes and talks to him, and he's like, I can't. It doesn't do it anymore. He goes, I'm going to go away for now. He goes, I'm just a liability without it, because that's, that's really all he brings to the table. Is yeah, the that's suit. true. 
Well, now they got they got Dino, Dino, you know. She's yeah, but still, like he's a, I like Ragman's fucking dope, dude. Like, Hell yeah, when he first was went awesome. into that fucking warehouse and people were shooting, dude. He just pulls people up and he just comes down and rags dudes. That'd be horrifying. Hell yeah, dude. They were so fucking strong. <laughs> like, his they presence could lift is up terrifying. Human beings with fucking weapons up off the ground. Yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, oh, so, it mean, was it was a decent episode. Yeah, it was cool seeing him, and uh, it was cool seeing. I mean, we see Anatoly all the time, but it was cool seeing him now. Right. They do a good job though at making. Like when they do flashbacks, like Stephen Amell does a good job at acting like he's less experienced. The way he acts. And oh, absolutely, and absolutely. His, his present Oliver Queen is very fucking confident and sure, and just it, like they, he does a good job at separating the two. You know what I mean? It's just amazing. I think that reminds me. Since we're talking about Arrow, it just got and we, you mentioned Deathstroke. It reminds me um, a lot, actually, of a, a thing Joe Man, Joe Manganiello. Uh, oh, but uh, Joe Manganiello said. Uh, I guess he was training for his role as Deathstroke yeah. for the Justice League movie or the Batman movie, whatever it is going to be. Right. And uh, he was doing like katana training, and he like he learned a whole bunch of stuff. And then he said, "All right, now I want to learn it all again, but I want to learn it from the perspective of somebody who only has one eye." Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he, so he, you know, I don't know if he's actually going to train with an eye patch or what, but because I want to know how this training would affect. Me, if I only had one eye, like what, you know, what difference? Yeah, because Deathstroke had that training before he had one eye. You know, and then having one eye, your depth perception is very different. And that's actually really, see, I like when actors do that. They get into the role. Like, yeah, like really into the role. I think like the Joker would walk around and laugh and uh, send people dirty condoms and yeah. <laughs> do crazy shit. Dexter. Uh, Apparently Michael pissed in Will Smith's cereal. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. It's acor- according to Will Smith, he said he woke up, he, you know, they had breakfast on set, and he walked away from his cereal for one second, he turned around, and Leto was pissing in his cereal. That's weird. Yeah, dude, it's fucking weird That's as funny shit. as shit. He used but... to send people crazy shit. Well, hey, he's getting into his role, man. Like they had I rats said, and stuff? I'd say Michael C. Hall did that shit. He would really follow people, like on Dexter. Oh, yeah, that's cool. And, like, make sure he could follow them without being noticed, and I was like, that's a little interesting. Yeah, man, method acting, it's something, yeah. I'll tell you. But uh, it's I, like I don't I don't, I don't necessarily actor. think that that Joe Manganiello is a method actor, but you know just having that that that's smart. That's a smart way. You to could do just it. say fuck it and not give a shit because it honestly probably doesn't matter. But it's cool that he wants to know that much. It'll just make it that much more authentic looking. Absolutely, and just to know the the origin. If he even does his own stunts, I mean, he, why would he be doing katana training if he's not going to do all of his own sword fighting and shit? Like, oh, absolutely. I mean, there'd be no other purpose to learn it. Right. But anyway, that's all we have. Thanks for sticking with us for a year. One whole year. Yeah, we like to thank our fans. You know, we don't have a whole lot of viewers. You know, we're not some super huge podcast, but we do very much appreciate all the people that actually watch us or listen to us, and it's awesome. And, you know, we wouldn't, you know, even to have one person say they love our podcast and it's one of the best ones they like. I like hearing that. That's all that matters. Like, right, absolutely. I'm, you know, if there's we, 10 people that love us, fuck, we'll, t- we'll do a podcast for you 10 people forever. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. We, we here, Here's the way we see it. The, the, the Nerd Talk of this podcast was born... Simply on the fact that him and I used to chat on the phone about this shit anyway. Yeah, so might as well record it and put it there for somebody to listen to. Yeah, like we every day he would talk, call me and we would talk about the latest Supergirl, the latest Flash, the latest Arrow, the latest Legends, all the news that we fucking talk about. Pretty much everything. Yeah, and well, we still do that. <laughs> oh yeah, we, we definitely we do. still do that. Yeah. But at the same at the same time, we leave out a lot of stuff because then we talk about it on the show. And we, right. You know. So that's that's what we're here for. And uh, thanks for sticking with us. We'll see you guys next year with the next 
one year. Well, we're going to see you next year week, anniversary. But yeah, we'll be back <laughs> next week. We'll be back weekly. But see you next year, people. <laughs> we'll be back next year also with the two-year anniversary show. Um, but I want to thank I want to thank all of our previous guests for the year. I also want to thank Dave and Jason from DC on Screen. Thank God. You can't forget God. You can't forget God. Uh, Dave and Jason from DC on Screen. They they you know that they left us a little bit of a message. You guys will get it in the audio feed. I really do encourage everybody who's watching. If anybody's watching, please go check out the audio feed of the show. Um, for uh the bunch of extra stuff. There's a bunch of listeners things and all that good stuff. But until next week, um, I don't know what's going on exactly with the the Arrowverse lineup, but I believe that there's going to be something missing from it and uh we'll be back talking about something else something else we'll do justice league dark soon yeah justice league dark can't wait to watch that movie yeah it's gonna be awesome and then we can do the judas contract when that comes out yeah that shit looks dope yeah we still got we gotta do the blood well we got all kinds of shit we can do but we got tons of stuff but all right so until next time we'll see you guys later adios